For our 53rd night rule, we're very pleased to welcome back comedian Keith Carey for a fun conversation that should hopefully at least a little bit warm up this cold night for you all. Our intro today is from Toroyami Yuji. The name of that song is Heavy Duty Man, and the outro is from Pulp, Mile End. So without any further ado, this is Night Rule. spinning its way to damnation amidst the fear and despair of a broken human race who's left to fight for what's good and pure comedian keith carey that's who oh man and if i'm what's left uh good and pure loses like they're done i'm just gonna give up now well i mean at least you're there to tell us that i mean you know we need we need a messenger it's nice to have just a fat soothing voice let you know that we're all (laughs) that's that's really what i'm here for (laughs) great to have you back man it's been a little while yeah, man, good to be here. Yeah, um, obviously I invited you on. Uh, I know you're an Angela Merkel super fan. You're super sad that she's no longer Chancellor of Germany and uh, wanted to have you on to talk about kind of the greater geopolitical and um, geostrategic implications of the recent German elections. Oh and yeah, just... man. I mean, I, look, I'm super horny for Angela Merkel. I think I've made it very clear in all of my work. <laughs> she's a babe. Um... <laughs> Here's how dumb I am. I have no idea if she's good or not. Like, I don't know what her deal is. I think that's probably like based on what my understanding, I think a lot of people are in that um, category because she was kind of a master of the political center. She was just like, okay, the right, make the right wingers happy. We're going to do this climate change legislation. We're going to have like more tolerant social policies, kind of just like, like the kind of shit I think Clinton really tried to do, but she actually did it much better. Yeah. Um, I just like that my dumb brain, and this is not fair to her or anybody, but I just hear someone's in charge of Germany and I immediately go, I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> well, I was watching this hilarious Norm Macdonald bit where he was talking about how, you know, he's not really lying in bed terrified that like North Korea is going to come and get him. And then he's just like, I'm much more worried about other countries like Germany, for example. Now, I don't know if you guys are history buffs or anything. <laughs> I, I love that set so much. Yeah. They so fought funny. the world. <laughs> yeah. And it, when it was close. Yeah. What's uh what's the comedy scene like down there? Like are, are the clubs going like is there anything going on in the clubs at all or are people Yeah, still, I mean like... everything's everything's kind of getting back to normal. Like there's definitely like still sort of a uh 
kind of a hole in like the DIY stuff and like the smaller bar scenes, but like, the clubs are all open. Like I've been doing some spots. I'm actually going on the road next week, which I'm excited about. Oh, fucking A. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Going out to, uh, going out to Philly and then working my way down to Florida. But, uh, which is funny. I said I was going to Florida and then all my friends from out there are like, dude, don't come here. It's uh, horrifying <laughs> right now. That seems to be the consensus, at least on Twitter in terms of Florida, uh, Floridians. Yeah, I think I have at least several close friends that are just plotting their escape. I mean, Florida is um, a weird place because it's kind of like California and that like it's so big. There's no monoculture to Florida. Like people shit on Florida. They're shitting on like certain pockets of like northern and central Florida. Totally. And then you get further south and it's like bluer and chiller and more diverse than like anywhere that anyone on twitter lives yeah it's like five or six different states kind of rolled into one it's like a crazy freaky free for all yeah um but like man their governor is such a piece of shit i would like be losing my mind listening to that guy like i'll never forget the uh the debate the moment of the debate with andrew gillum where andrew gillum was just like so like why are you speaking at this like white supremacist dudes like rally and DeSantis was just like, how the hell am I supposed to know that he's a white supremacist? It's like, dude, you're such a fucking spoiled child. Right. Um, <laughs> it's not my fault I'm friends with Nazis. <laughs> yeah. You're a political figure. You gotta really figure. work hard to accidentally speak at a white pride rally. Like, yeah. that's, that's a hard gig to fall into. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so how many spots are you doing? Like Philly, Florida, you going down We're like doing, the East Coast? Uh, Philly, Philly, Pittsburgh, uh, Richmond, Virginia, Auburn, Alabama, Nashville, Atlanta, and then uh, Jacksonville and Orlando. Well, hopefully the guys in Philly don't don't scream out crazy stuff. I watched this documentary about the Philly DA, Philly District, District Attorney, and, and I didn't realize like how the history of like policing in Philly um it's bad, like right? mike mike rizzo and whatnot was just like straight up like racist uh right. police chief in the recent past and like in the documentary it was really funny because they're trying they're fighting back against the reforms of this progressive da and it's just like these guys that just like are like as wide as they are tall just saying like we got enough men to invade cuba okay we can invade cuba it's like guys like what's like it's such a retro fantasy to like invade right. cuba like, <laughs> hell yeah we'll have that island over there and it's like the rest of pennsylvania is like yeah good send anyone from philly over there <laughs> exactly as long as they don't send the flyers i want the flyers to stay around Oh, yeah, no, the Flyers should uh, still hang. What I'm really worried about in Philly is that I look like Santa, so I'm worried people are going to throw batteries at me. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's, it's a, a danger. Concern. Yeah. yeah. Um, and your and the dates are all on, like, your website or something like that, if people want to uh, check Yeah, I'm posting them all on uh, my Twitter and my Instagram. It's at Keith Tells Jokes. Awesome. Do you think, like, comedy, like, I feel as though, bizarrely, because I'm so used to kind of, like, a slow, sluggishly uh, advancing monoculture that never seems to change that... I do feel like there's been some kind of changes in the like greater kind of political and cultural ethos. Like even just looking at stuff like the daily white white house briefings, it's like so much more snarky and so much more like a kindergarten teacher, like talking down to the idiots. And then of course we have fucking wackos both in Canada and the U S going to like schools and screaming at kids and going to hospitals and screaming at nurses. And like, yeah. I'm wondering like, does uh, everyone that everyone went, everyone went crazy is what happened like truly the last like few years culminating in the pandemic like i feel like everyone kind not everyone but like in every walk of life a chunk of people just went fully insane Mm. like i know comedians who were like totally normal sensible rational people who are now like these crazy red-pilled like QAnon, deep state weirdos and like yeah the people yelling at you know rallies and at schools and shit it's just uh there's a weird air of like madness and resentment right now 
where it's like theoretically everything should be feeling a little better and a little more unified. Like we got the vaccine, we can go outside again, but uh, everyone still feels pretty pissed off. Yeah, it's 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 pretty shocking to see, like just even comparing it to like a year ago, like um, like even like there was some awesome video of from LA where like this there was like this anti-mask, anti-vax rally, and this woman was on a megaphone like yelling at the homeless people, being like, "Why aren't all these homeless people dead of COVID?" Eh? You ever think about that? Yeah. And then one of the homeless guys yells out, "Cause I'm vaccinated, you stupid bitch." <laughs> <laughs> I saw that video. I used to live like on that corner because that's like oh, right wow. on Hollywood Boulevard, like the tourist drag. And right. the homeless are great there because it's like we do get a, there's for some reason all the weird like alt right rallies happen right there, mm. and like they try and rope the homeless in, and it's consistently that they're just like we think you suck too. We're not that crazy. <laughs> yeah, we're homeless. We're not crazy. Exactly. Um, yeah, I just wonder. Like, do you think like that kind of like unhinged? You know, like, like, I've, I mean, I find it hilarious, first of all, that all these people, you know, have no problem with like corporations running the country, they have no problem with like, uh, wars of aggression overseas. And then someone's just like, hey, maybe you should take this free life, life saving vaccine, and they just turn it to Braveheart. And they're like, freedom! Yeah, it's, it's such an odd hill to die on. Because it's like, if you really believe in like, sort of like this idea of freedom, and like the destruction of like government control and corporate control of our lives, like, I think the right and the left would actually like find a lot more common ground, the more radical sides, but it is like, they don't really care until they're being asked to do anything or slightly inconvenienced. And that's when they go ape shit. Yeah. Well, then there's, there's just this kind of like rubric they can put on everything that it's like, it's all about freedom, but like, are they defining like freedom to do what or freedom from something? Do you think this freedom doesn't actually mean anything? It's true. uh, I don't know how it works in Canada, but in America, it doesn't really mean anything. It's just a thing you say so you can be an asshole. That's really uh, kind of what we've turned it into. Same thing here. I mean, like literally like in Alberta, my home province, like the the ICUs have been like just like overloaded for like months and months and months because the, the provincial government basically like there's this thing called the Calgary Stampede. I don't know if people in America know about it, but it's like the world's biggest rodeo. And they basically like opened, they opened up the whole fucking province just because they wanted to have like that party. And then Calgary, your guys is Florida? Kind of, to be honest, like all of Alberta with some exceptions is kind of like Florida. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wacky. Like talking to my friends there, they're saying like the scariest shit to me, like how people are afraid to go out and drive just because they know if they get in a car accident, they might not be able to go to the ER. It's just like, dude but has has this madness that fucking sucks but like has this madness like started to creep into the world of comedy because i mean there already were assholes at comedy shows yelling and and ruining everyone else's good oh yeah being dicks so has it gotten even worse uh i mean definitely it depends where you are and it depends on the thing like i've definitely i've done shows where like i have a i have an opener i've been doing that's like just about the vaccine it has nothing to do with the political ramifications or anti-vaxxers or anything it's just the story of me getting the vaccine and i'll set it up by just asking a crowd like oh who got the shot and i've had multiple shows where somebody goes fuck that joe biden sucks or whatever and it's just like they want to turn it into a whole thing and it's like i didn't even want to talk about your i don't fucking care if you got it i don't really care if you live or die you're some guy in the back of this bar show being annoying like do your own thing i don't care just let me exist like people are looking for the fight before you even started at this point it's very uh very tense 
Yeah. I mean, all you're doing is what a lot of comedians do, which is, you know, touching on and speaking to what the fuck is going on in the world presently. Right. Like, <laughs> it's like, do they think you're asking them if they've gotten vaccinated so you can like castigate them and like turn it into like, I think kind of like do. political I, theater? That's exactly kind of what I think people are worried about because it is like, this is part of like comedy over the Trump era did sort of become like, especially left leaning comedy, it became very much about just this relentless like, yelling of the same sort of talking points about why trump is bad and if you like him you're bad and like yeah. shaming people and it's like i agree with most of the principle of it but it did turn comedy into this weird antagonistic like take a side thing where now it's like you're either like you know shitting on people and calling them stupid because they don't agree with you or you're like you know this far right kind of like hardcore like leaning into the heel role of it and it's a uh, the middle ground for everyone to just have a good time with comedy really seems to sort of be eroding. Well, yeah, like that middle ground is what comedy should be and has been all about. Just like, you know, breaking down kind of like taboos and bringing people together and the kind of unifying uh, power of humor. You know, right. obviously, like you look at someone like Richard Pryor, you keep on going back to, but there's just like endless examples. Whereas now it's almost like, I mean, even just like there was this right wing comedian guy who had like astroturfed himself, this like massive Twitter following even though he's in reality got probably like four fans and and it's like it's weird how there's been this devolution in the sense of splitting apart where like now it's there's to some extent two sides not even really doing comedy just doing kind of mockery of each other yeah and it's like it's it, 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 it it's just boring more than anything yeah. else it's like none of it none of it feels fun anymore like i've been doing this for 10 years and it felt like it was fun and cool and punk rock and like you do comedy back in the day and it's like okay there's people i don't agree with like politically or like spiritually on a lot of shit but like we sort of had like a common ground we could work from and now it just uh like it, it feels very poisoned and I, and I don't think that's i think part of it is that we've just been on the internet and not out actually doing it for a year and a half mm -hmm. and the internet makes everything worse uh so that's that's part of why i'm excited to go on the road is like i'm, I'm excited to go talk to people that are not the same nine people I see in LA all the time and uh, just see if I can figure out what's going on and how people feel like in real life and not just on Twitter. Yeah. And that's a big part of it too. Like that kind of interplay and interchange and interfacing between the audience and performer. Like I think like in, in terms of like performance art, like comedy most depends and is most, most kind of enlivened by that exchange. So I'll be curious to hear like, uh, you were reporting back after the tour because like this is probably the first time you've gone on tour in what like at least like 18 months right uh pretty much yeah i mean i've yeah. done a couple little like out of town things here in california but this is the farthest i've gone for sure yeah i'm hoping when you get back you don't just say the horror the yeah horror. i'm just like oh god we complained about philly but we forgot i was going to alabama <laughs> that's exciting though i'm looking forward to that um you got you got any other projects uh, on the go i mean you're still doing your like regular social media posts and whatnot like any like tv stuff uh, in the works uh, that you can not touch on moment. i yeah right now i'm just kind of chilling i just got off a, a writing job and i'm uh, I'm, I'm just doing i'm doing my podcast uh this is not a show and mm -hmm. uh just kind of trying to figure out what the next thing's gonna be mm. i'm sure it'll be fantastic um yeah i mean like I'm also curious because like we had that crazy recall election in California where like everyone was losing their shit for a while. And then and then the conservatives just kind of got their fucking shit handed to them, which was amazing to see. Yeah, that was never that was never going to work like uh, California is like at the end of the day, like a much more liberal state than it is conservative, like obviously. 
that was all just like a big dog and pony show. And that Gavin Newsom sucks. Like he's, yeah. he's a boner, but sure. the whole thing was very transparent what they were trying to do. And I'm glad it didn't work. Yeah. And I know also, uh, I mean, this is a huge hit to you personally, I know, but uh, reported yesterday that Tesla would be moving its headquarters to Texas. Oh, heavens. Oh, God. Yeah. What are we going to do? Like everybody who used to live in L.A. and thought they were way smarter than they were, uh, they, too, are moving to Austin. That's great. What, what percentage of people that, like, Grapes of Wrath style emigrate to Texas do you think are going to, like, wake up in six months and be like, Jesus Christ, what were we thinking? Oh, yeah. It's uh, We're already starting to see it, like, in comedy. There was a huge influx of comedians who moved out there during COVID because... Uh, there were kind of no rules and there was sort of like the idea of like, Oh, comedy just can keep going. And I think that uh, they're realizing that doesn't mean you're going to be famous in Texas. So you're seeing people start to kind of creep back uh, <laughs> and like pretend they never left is sort of the <laughs> tail between their legs. Yeah. I mean, cause it's, I mean, there's probably like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's probably like a little bit of a difference in the kind of cultural ethos between California and Texas. And it's possible that, California might be a little bit more of a of a a good kind of terrain for stand-up comedy yeah I mean I will say I've been out to, like Austin is like uh that's that's like sort of the kind of liberal college yep. town weirdo part of Texas like I've been out there and they actually do have like a lot of good comics come out of there and they have like a pretty decent scene but yeah uh, oh no for sure I don't want to disparage the scene in Texas but like just but what I'm saying of- is like in, in general you're right and I think these people kind of thought they were going to go in and just sort of take over the scene from the people who are already there and it uh very much did not work out for them yeah another uh, I mean speaking of emigrates to Texas I noticed that uh Cenk Uger of the Young Turks uh challenged Joe Rogan to a fight I've actually been contracted to, to be the commentator on that fight, and I'm looking for a sidekick. Do you think uh, Do you think you're available? To, to comment on Joe Rogan beating this man to death? Yeah, I'll come <laughs> hang out for the, the four and a half seconds that takes. Yeah, I think it might actually be a pretty quick one. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely more politically, uh, I have more of an affiliation or a affection for Jenks politics, but like, yeah. I mean, come on, like this like uh mixed mixed martial arts stuff correct you are when you get punched in the face like it is funny though like i think i don't know i feel as though the the vitriol and the hatred has to a large extent taken over it makes me think a friend of the show harvey jk was on david feldman last night and he was talking about how he's kind of like a little bit bored with a lot of the podcast scene leftist podcast scene and how it kind of just seems to like lack of vision and it's all kind of saying the same thing and uh, I think there's some truth to that. And I think the, the kind of the hyper aggression that we're seeing in terms of like people uh, challenging each other to each other's fights and whatnot, it's like, it's really just became become like this like real life version of like Street Fighter or like another fighting game where we're right. just like locked. We, it, like, like people on the left, we cannot let like the thought debate turn into like just fist fights because we will lose that version of the culture war. Like, say what you will about the right but they're all like strong beef fed rage monsters and we are all just weird vegan poets who are going to get fucking murdered with a big bone by a warlord like <laughs> i don't know i mean i think i think there's some leftists that could definitely kick ass i mean oh, there's I mean, some but i'm just saying like most of the ones i know i'm like ah i know a lot of socialists whose parents are paying their rent who i don't trust in the scrap That's <laughs> yeah there's that there's that aspect um but I don't know. I also feel as though like getting into a fight with like a crazy right winger would probably be a little bit like 
getting into a fight with someone like high on meth, like they might have like a lot of energy, but their like coordination right. and their kind of stick to itiveness. Cause right. like, so, so much of what you hear them say, like there's all these like power fantasies about like, we're going to start a second civil war, blah, 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 blah. But like, I never, <laughs> I never really buy that people have this backbone because to be honest, I think conservatism, certainly when you get to the far reaches of it is so much based around like fear and anxiety that, to like actually overcome that effectively right. and kick my ass in the street if someone wanted to beat me up. I don't I mean, know. I, I, I will think say I can to take your a point, like I think the biggest like evidence of that is like the January 6th thing. Like they mm. broke into the Capitol building. Like they they could have done whatever it was they came to do and they just kind of rifled like you know moved some papers around and sat in Nancy Pelosi's chair. Like yeah if, if they were going to start the civil war they would have burned that motherfucker down. Yeah. And they, I mean, and these types, I think these types of people are the types who like pull back at the last minute. It reminds me of this video. I saw of a guy just like flipping the fuck out in an airport because they wanted him to wear a mask. Yeah. And he started like, he started like pulling up furniture and like waving it around and he really could have hurt somebody. But like, of course, at the last second, he would just drop it because he's, you know, <laughs> he doesn't actually want to do violence. It's like, right. it's like this weird, like violence, like cosplay almost or something. It's like they want, they just really, it feels like have a boner for the idea that they are like victims, like standing against an unfair world, which is like kind of the same mentality that, that people on the left, like it's, everybody wants to feel like they are the one being uh, victimized and they are the one against a million at all times. And it's like, we're all kind of just on one team and we're all the same degree of fuck when you really break it down. Yeah. I mean, we're all being pushed through the same sluice being turned into a fine uh, human flavored yeah, exactly. paste i mean like yeah we're all being reduced to ones and zeros and sold by elon musk to mark zuckerberg or whatever like once you get past all these surface shit like that's the core we've all we all lost and we just uh there's not much we can do about who really won yeah we're just reflecting on it now i mean because really i think like the bulk of people's lived experience is like profoundly apolitical like Right. Uh, and, and it's so I think that's probably why people get so they have kind of the, the enthusiasm of converts where they're just like, OK, here's here's my chance to be political and express myself and show that I'm a good person. But it's really just like this, like little hobby you do for like 20 minutes a day before going back to watch like Netflix and Amazon. Right. It's, I mean, it's like it's like a, we have this desperation for like tribalism, it feels like where we're just trying to find your team. Like you see people get as riled up on the internet about like they really like the Ben Affleck Batman movie. And they'll, you know, or they really like <laughs> Dave sure. Chappelle or what the fuck ever, as much as it is like, oh, I love Trump or I love Biden. Like people just mm. desperately want to be part of a team and then fight violently against anybody who seems like an outsider. And there's just so many teams now that everyone is constantly fighting with everyone. In search of connection, in search of meaning, yeah. I suppose. Um, you know, I highly recommend just leaning into the kind of uh, nihilism of it all. You know, don't try and find your tribe. Just try and find some people to tell some dick jokes to once in a while. Yeah, there you and, go. And that's we're all going to be dead in like 40, 50 years. So I don't know. Just try and have a good time. Yeah, totally. I mean, speaking of which, uh, I mean, I know I know geopolitics is not is not your primary focus, but uh, I'm sure you heard about the nuclear submarines in Australia. I uh, did not. What happened there? So basically, like America and Britain signed a new security pact with Australia where they're going to give them the technology to build nuclear submarines. They're trying to point out, they're, tr they're taking great pains to point out we're not giving, there's not going to be nuclear weapons on these submarines, but like the only fucking reason to have a nuclear submarine is to stage nuclear weapons. So right. it's kind of bullshit. 
but uh, I just I can't stop thinking about like an image in my mind of like a kangaroo being like shot out of a fucking submarine somewhere in the South oh, China Sea. Just pulls a missile out of his pouch and loads it into the can. Yeah, and it's it's just so funny to me that like <laughs> everyone's like hypercritical of China. They're like they're ramping because this people are kind of saying this is kind of the the official start of like a new Cold War. Um, right. And you know who doesn't love an extremely wasteful and, and possibly uh, genocidal arms buildup? Um, yeah. But it's just like it's so funny to me because it's like, oh, we got to protect the South China Sea. It's like, okay, well, first of all, like, what the fuck does the U.S. or the U.K. or even Australia have to do with the fucking South China Sea? It's nowhere near yeah. you. Oh, we got to protect protect international trade. It's like you think China's going to cut off international trade? Like that's their trade. Like, yeah, that like what, what are they going to like? They probably are to charge us more, but I don't know. I just any problem at this point that we're solving with i don't know let's give australia a nuclear bomb seems like we're probably not thinking it all the way through no like, me, i, I barely trust stress. australia to have electricity let alone the nuclear bomb yeah yeah exactly um i mean i'll i'll watch like cricket from australia that's fine you know they have they have some of the highest quality racism on earth so i mean it's not yeah, as though they don't go. have killing their... it that so i guess yeah maybe that's the deal is you have to be this racist to get a nuke like that's the one thing I loved about that story was like, because New Zealand has like a really, really strict like anti-nuclear stance. And like, as soon as right. this was announced, New Zealand was just like, you can't fucking come in, through our territory with those nuclear subs. So fuck <laughs> off with that shit. I mean, that's like, that's the version of like in the bad sitcom where like the roommates draw the line down the middle of the apartment. Like, this is my <laughs> half. But you got to keep your nukes over there. Totally. Totally. Um, another big story that I found pretty hilarious in the recent weeks was, uh, you know, uh, the Facebook whistleblower comes out, uh, reveals a bunch of stuff that honestly, I think everyone kind of intuitively already knew. And then somehow mysteriously the next day, Facebook, WhatsApp and Instagram are all down. And then I don't know if you heard this, not only that, like the fucking employees badges to get into the building to try and fix the problem didn't work. Yeah, like the whole, <laughs> the whole system melted. Yeah, it's like, well, like, how, are we supposed to just not assume that they were deleting like you know, uh, like incriminating stuff from like January 6th or whatever other incriminating stuff they wanted to get on top of, like, give me a break, right? It, yeah, it's like, it's so transparently evil. And uh, like, you almost have to applaud it. It's like uh, Lex Luthor would try harder to cover his tracks than they did. They're just like, yeah, yeah, we don't know. What are you going to do? Go back to MySpace? Like, they kind of have it uh, locked down. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it is. It is a little bit like Lex. It's well. It's even like worse than Lex Luthor. Like I would say, like Lex Luthor, at least, like if, if this happened ten years ago, Lex Luthor would have been on top of it and covered it up. But now it's just like it's like the Emperor from the fucking Star Wars prequels. It's just like you know what? <laughs> I'm fucking evil and I love it. And it's like camp. It's like yeah. <laughs> I'm where your grandmother goes to look at racist memes with the minions. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and. Obviously, they're not going to, if it's going to affect their bottom line, they're not going to be filtering out like all the hate speech and the fucking crazy conspiracy theories. And there was just a story out of the States recently where this guy like murdered his neighbor so he could steal her car so he could drive to his brother-in-law's place because his brother-in-law was a pharmacist and he was convinced that he was part of some vaccine conspiracy. Um <laughs> And I keep on saying, like, if, if, if Facebook or whoever could fucking filter out the, like, Nigerian princes that want me to help get their money out of the country, right. they can fucking filter out these chain letters of, like, 
crazy right wingers telling each other that there's like lizard people coming for them they need to fucking murder people because people are fucking dying like you kind of have to laugh about it but on a certain level it's also extremely fucking serious you know yeah no i mean look it's it it, it, it's like any other great corporation you've ever had where it's like it will always cost lives but it'll cost more money than it will lives like they're just gonna let it keep happening yeah it's like the tobacco industry you know yeah uh, or even the fossil fuel industry too i mean they've, they've known about global warming for like decades and yeah but they're just like i don't know fuck you you like having a car there you go yeah sorry but we want to keep making money thank you very much Um, we want to to have the most money when we're all skeletons on top of a pile of gold yeah that'll be that we'll be happy at that point i'm sure um i love i love those memes where it's like the the guy in like a tattered suit talking to the children around the um the fire it's like a new yorker cartoon and it's just like sure you know things went wrong but for a short period of time we created a lot of value for for our investors um, <laughs> and another big story actually like what do you think of this IATSE strike I think it's the first time they've ever struck or I think maybe they just voted to strike yeah I uh so th- this is me outing myself as a bad member of my own industry which is that <laughs> I still don't totally know what their deal like I, I think that that's like the behind the scenes like uh like people on production yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm fully supportive of them striking. I think that uh, I've worked on enough things to know that like nobody sets out to be a dick, but like those are the people who get hosed like the hardest when like a production is trying to save money or trying to cut corners. Uh, and look, there's so much money in this uh, in this industry, and I think that uh, them them holding out and wanting to be treated right and wanting to get uh, what they deserve is you know far overdue. Yeah, and I think I think the whole the kind of like um, the contracts really need to be reconsidered when when like you take streaming into account. It seems like big companies are like taking the whole streaming thing and running with it and just fucking people over by not giving them money for things that are oh, streamed yeah. versus on physical. When it media. was new media, immediately like opened the door for like all kinds of weird language where you can get fucked out of like tens of thousands of dollars that yeah. you would get otherwise. Like. I'm not going to name Netflix's, but one of these companies uh, very much uh, ripped me off very hard at one point. Oh no! I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean, if they if they can rip off uh, ScarJo, they can rip off anyone, you know. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't have a legal team and luscious fucking tits. Like, what am I going to do? No one's listening to me. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I, I keep on wondering because, like, I think, like many people doing the kind of podcast thing um you know i'm interested in in culture i'm interested in you know tv and and film and secretly probably want to be like in that world i think i'll just admit it i think a lot of people don't admit it but i I just wonder like what it's like to like sit down and like try and sell a show because i know they're just giving people like nothing for it now it's like yeah we'll give you like 20 cents for this script for the show we'll stream it to like 10 million people and you'll make like nothing yeah, I mean, it's I, I look. I, I I think you'd be better off asking somebody who could sell a damn show because I have tried <laughs> and it has not worked. Uh, it's it's hard, man, because it's like you know everybody wants to kind of they want the next version of whatever the last thing that blew up was. Yeah, but, uh, it's it's a, they they talk a big game about wanting to sort of like foster creativity and do their own thing, but really like it's a lot of like chasing and panic, especially with like the TV world. Because TV mm. is such a dying like medium at this point, they are uh, they have no idea what they want. Uh, they just know they're very afraid and they don't want to pay for it. Well, and it's like the the amount of like 
things that are formulaic is like off the charts. Like I was having a conversation at work earlier today about the new Star Wars shows on uh, Disney Plus and we're talking about the prequels and uh, there was one thing, like I love the red letter media uh, things on YouTube about the prequels. Um, I watch that shit all the time, but there was one where they were talking about The Force Awakens and saying how like, say what you will about the prequels, at least they they feel like the vision of like one or two people, whereas the the new movies really feel like a focus grouped kind of churned out, like just add this, this, and this, and this, and then we're done. Right. And I'm like a lot of the movies, like I really wanted to check out the new Dune, although I know it's getting like ripped apart in the, by the critics, but like- Oh, is it really? I thought people were stoked on it. Yeah, I thought, I mean, I re- originally that's what I, that's what I heard too, but I heard some bad things. And But like, even just like that movie, I'm like looking at the trailer and I'm like, man, like cognitively, the same like 12 people are in every movie so yeah. I just I just can't even like turn my brain on to be like get excited about it because it's just like I've just seen this person it's, it just seems like there's like 20 actors in Hollywood that are in every yeah. single fucking thing like at um, this point I'm like I don't even really know Oscar Isaac as a person he's just movie guy he's the totally. face of a guy who's in a movie yeah or like Chris Pratt I was like trying to remember Chris Pratt's name the other day maybe I'm just I have long COVID or I'm getting Alzheimer's but I was just like what is that guy's (laughs) name he's in like literally everything like everything is a vehicle for him right Um, yeah and what it's it's funny too when like people just turn on those people on a dime like Chris Pratt everybody loved until the second everyone just decided they wanted to kill him like he's yeah what was that he he likes he just espoused some unpopular views of some kind he what he like was associated with a church that i guess was associated with some pretty hardcore like anti-lgbt stuff and he's sort of like he's not come out as a trumpy dude but i guess that's the rumor it's i I don't know i mean i have not got deep down the the pratt hole (laughs) well we got to get uh we got to get amy poehler on it i'm sure she knows um yeah it's it's just it's a funny time like uh and even with like tv uh there was a great uh discussion of mad men on chapo trap house recently where they were basically saying how it's it was a fucking amazing show but the only bad thing about it was that it was a tv show so they made way too much of it and ever since i heard that i was like you know what like that's really true like there's like all these shows trying to be like the next big thing but even even when they're great they're really they're really dragging them on like so long that that it, that inevitably they just you know take there's a drop yeah. in quality it's a lot of telling a 10-hour story over 40 hours kind of thing yeah and it gives you so much another thing that came up in that discussion was like it gives you so much kind of like rope when you're not actually trying to tell a self-contained story each episode it's like you can kind of just always defer stuff and defer stuff right um, i don't know it's weird because i feel like the golden age of television was like all around me and then all of a sudden it was just like gone and I just didn't like literally there's like very few shows that I get up and I'm excited to watch I just I this happened during COVID which is weird because you would think it'd be the opposite but I just have like I can't intake like new content anymore like it's very hard for me to like whether it's a movie or a tv show or whatever to get excited about a new thing I think I've become that version of like the old guy who like I'm locked in on like the things I like, and I think I'm, I'm, I'm. It's hard for me to let new shit in. Are you just watching mash reruns like me? Oh, it's a about a Family Guy in the background while I play video games and just nice. being the worst version of my 14 year old self. Like nice. that's <laughs> you're right on track. Yeah, very much the same for me. Um, I've started playing video games again, which is fun. Every single friend I have has at least one friend that has gone off the rails in like the last year. You know. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, I don't want to get vaccinated or blah, blah, whatever it is, whatever kind of like flavor of 
cultural dementia. Right. It's like we're losing people are dropping like flies. It's like a really it's, it's sad, man, because it's yeah. like I've, I've seen people that I really liked and really respected just kind of like their brains just get like warped. And I, I, I get it on some level. Like it's been just such a mentally overwhelming past couple of years. Like and even and and it, and before that, you know, it was a society that like nobody really believed in or had faith in. So right. like going through adding the kind of trauma of COVID on top of that. Plus the like crazy shit people are reading online. It's probably not that surprising that you'd go off the rails that hard, but yeah, it's, it's definitely been chipping sad. away at just like sanity and hope in America for like, you know, I mean, really for 200 years, but uh, real hardcore in the past like five. And it just all kind of came to a head with the, uh, the, the COVID shit. Yeah, I've got the title for today's episode. It's going to be called Chipping Away at Sanity and Hope in America. Um, so we can we'll we'll start the wind down procedure here. I'm just curious, like, what do you think of uh, just in terms of like the political culture um, and people's reaction to it? Like you had you said one guy like yelled out how much he hated Joe Biden, but like I don't know that like at this time it feels different to me. Like when Obama was elected, or even you look at a Clinton, although that's kind of a little bit of a more unique situation. Like everyone, uh, liberals in general and the mainstream on the left, kind of like got lulled into kind of a nice like quiet sleep. But like, I don't think that's really happened this time. I feel as though, I feel as though like, it's kind of ties into what we were talking about before that kind of hostility has not really like clamped down at all. And yeah, and no, I mean, I, I, it does feel like, you know, I, I understand why Joe Biden won in so much as like, he is a calm, rational voice that like people recognize compared to like, you know, the, the screaming lunatic before, but it's like, now that he's here and our lives are still pretty bad and we're coming out of this thing that really kind of like shone a light on all the systemic flaws and how this country works. Like I think way more people are kind of getting pushed further to the left and to the right, but like everything is getting more radicalized. And uh, I think even people who are not super political people are looking at like, you know, a guy like Bernie and being like, well, he's not wrong about anything. And all these other people have just been kind of saying nice shit while they take our money for mm. most of our lives. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Like, look, I don't, I don't think Bernie's the guy. I think Bernie, uh, the, the discourse got too fucking weird around him. And he kind of, he had his two kicks at the can that didn't work. Mm. But I think uh, a president or two from now, you're going to see us move real hard to the left. Interesting. Bold uh, prediction. I'm curious how the population responds to that. Well, I mean, it a lot of it'll probably a lot of it'll probably be how it's like framed, you know, because right. it's like people want social programs, they want uh, child tax benefits, they want free college, they right. want better health care, and if like if if people can frame it that way, it, you could kind of, I think that if if this future leftist president comes into power, they could kind of like cut through a lot of the BS like FDR style. Yeah. Um, because like, I, I feel like intellectually the right has just like demolished most of its kind of psychic architecture for actually making arguments or having anything to say, like no, there's, they, there's no real proud of it at this point. Like they're yeah. just, it's all a troll operation. But like when, when you have like Marjorie Taylor green, like pulling out, like, have you seen the way she like brings memes to the house floor yeah, it's and stuff? It's like, it's like, if that's the level of analysis that people are providing, like that's not, I mean, it, it might have legs in the short term, but I just don't see it having any effectiveness in the long term like i actually posted at her on twitter the other day saying that uh she was a worse politician than that uh that horse that caligula made a general 
<laughs> that's pretty good it's like a, it's a super interesting i was reading up about that and and they would uh they'd count the, the horses horse. they'd, they'd count the horses votes based on whether it took a shit in the senate or not <laughs> <laughs> like i'm sure caligia did a lot of pretty bad stuff too but man what a fun guy just having a good time with it you know oh man totally totally um Played by the great William Hurt in the series I Claudius, which I absolutely love. Um, so when do you when do you uh, head out on tour, Keith? Uh, October sixteenth. I'm in Pittsburgh. That's where we're starting. Nice. Or we're theoretically in Philly on the fourteenth or fifteenth, but the the venues have been not getting back to me, so I have no idea if we're actually doing a show or not. <laughs> we're definitely so just, gonna be in Philadelphia. I just don't know if we'll be performing anywhere. It might be like a sidewalk show. Yeah, I'll, I'll either be yelling jokes at a bar or getting in a fight at the Flyers game. Uh, one of those two things will happen. Yeah. <laughs> the Flyers just continue to be a source for comedic gold for me. I don't know. I don't know what it is about the Flyers. There's just something, something in the they're, air around them. They're a good team to pick on when you get tired of picking on Buffalo. You know what I mean? It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we can leave it there, brother. Uh, let's let's check in when you're back from tour. I can't wait to hear uh, the road stories. Stay safe out yeah, there. Man. Don't get into any fist fights with uh, with people juiced up on ivermectin or anything, if possible. Yeah, I'll do what I can. Um, but always, always good to chat. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time. I'm sure everyone will enjoy it. It's nice to have something like we've been doing some more kind of cultural stuff lately, a lot of like heavy topics. So it's nice to have some uh, some high level comedians come on and uh, and help kind of leaven the bread a little bit, so to speak. Yeah, man, it's fun.